Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 26th of September 2012. For newcomers, I always suggest at the start of the broadcast rather than pass you all the way through it to make good use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and to remind you too, there's thousands and thousands, well over a thousand, maybe a thousand and a half audios now for free download where I go through the big system you're living in which you think is reality, but I assure you that uh, you're under management perception or perception management, total perception management actually. It's been here for a long, long time, mainly through the media and your education and all the fiction that you soak up as well and how you're really managed by those at the top. We do have a world managerial class. They've been here for a long time. And they planned this system well over a hundred years ago. They published a lot of their articles. Most of the characters involved did write biographies, uh, boasting about uh, bringing the society into a world-type government uh, with the proper people ruling it naturally and academia on board with it, professors and experts and so on. And they trained the public to simply obey the experts, and that's where we are today. Even though you still prattle on about democracy, you're run by experts, and you actually bow down to them and their opinions, never thinking there's political and social spins on everything that's put out for you to believe. And, of course, the big boys at the top, already own the world's wealth, and they set out a long time ago to take over all of the, the world's wealth, its mineral resources, oil, water supplies, food supplies, everything, you name it, through private corporations that which they, they, they created to do that very job. We're living at the end of this part of the phase and going into the next phase now. So, help yourself to the audios. You start to make sense, this whole system, including all the things that you like, dislike, the culture industry, everything that's given to you to follow and that you do follow, and, and alters your behavior, and you think it's all quite normal. You'll find out how it happens. So make good use of this site. Remember, too, all those sites listed on CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com carry audios and transcripts for download as well for print-up. So go into Alan Watts Sentient, Sentinel.e for print-ups in other languages. Number two, you're the audience that bring me to you. I don't have shares and sell products and make you live forever and the fantastic claims. I just come up with the sober truth and a lot of folk can't handle it and that's just too bad. I don't speak to those. I speak to the ones who can handle it and who want it. And it's true. When you want the truth, you better be very, very sure that you do want it because it's very, very depressing. But you can't fight anything even personally until you understand what really is reality. Remember, too, you can support me by buying the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com or Donate. And from the US to Canada, you can use personal checks. You can send uh, international postal money orders from the post office. You can send cash or you can use PayPal. Across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. And as I say, just go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com to find out what to do and how to do it. But we truly are living in, in an amazing, it's not an experiment, by the way. Uh, all the experimentation was done a long time ago. Uh, you're living in a planetary-type society uh, that was talked about even in the 1700s by various uh, people and philosophers, especially. Philosophers have always been into this field of 
the problems of humanity, the human problems, and sometimes the human problem, period. Uh, and they came up with all these suggestions of how, in the proper kind of world, the intelligent people would run it all for, for those beneath them. They knew that democracy wouldn't work, but they would push democracy to fool the people, and it's worked awfully well. People would still go and vote for the same system that keeps bankrupting them and keeping them in poverty and doing things they couldn't imagine, like giving all the factories away and all their jobs. So you're already run by this international corporate sort of business system. And even the people within the Council on Foreign Relations, their own historians, published books about it, saying this new system is a feudal system. And uh, the corporations have the CEOs who are the new, they are the new feudal overlords. We're well into this system. And how they run it, it is so clever and total that most folk never figure it out. We react to, to stories. We react. We don't get behind them to find out what's really the point of it all. I'll touch on that tonight. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix and... And it really is a matrix because there's so many levels to it that you're not supposed to even be aware of. You think you're in the only level there is, and that's called your reality. It's promoted into you. And you've had behaviorists for many, many, many years, generations of them, working on all of society to create this separation between the general population and the specialist class that run the world. And that's why they were so heavily funded by the big private foundations that, that uh, finance them, all the research into, into physical problems to which they can create and mental problems to which they deal with. Because they're these same boys who own all the international banks uh, and they also own uh, the pharma industries too. They've always been to drugs and money, always done through history, even from the days of Egypt. So we're, we're simply living a, a very old system that's, that's got up and it's updated itself basically. We're going through the updates as they, they, they train the public. There's too many people. Uh, meant what they mean is there's too many of the wrong people and they don't need you all I- I- anymore. They've got China. They set China up to be the manufacturer for the whole planet. And, um, they want to bring in new types of humans, uh, with eugenics and champering with the mitochondrial DNA and so on. And to get the perfect, obedient, hardworking slave basically that will serve them well on into the future. And it won't cost them much. They won't have to treat them for, the, for sicknesses and so on. And they won't need to even need entertainment eventually. You're probably stuck in your cubicle at night, like seven of nine in the Star Trek series, and get fed intravenously, not by you. And you probably get fed waste products, which will be cheap for the big boys. And you think, I'm kidding about this, but no, not at all, because it's all been discussed at very high levels, this kind of thing. And they're very keen on it. They're awfully excited about bringing the new system. And all this unfortunate chaos in the meantime of mass unemployment, suicides, uh, whole nations now on antidepressants across the world because they're so poor under austerity. That's just too bad and it has to be that way until we start to perish and die off and they bring in the new kinds. I mean, that's how simple it is, really. That's how simple it all really is. But most folk won't believe that because... You go into disbelief. I hear them saying it. You've all heard them saying the same stuff because recent articles I've put up for years from the top sources. You'll hear it from their own lips, but you don't want to believe they mean it. You see, that's how you're trained. Who would do that? You wouldn't do it, but, so no one would do it. That's how you think. No one would, no one would do that. But that, that's how it really, really is. And uh, most folk will never, ever crash through into reality and accept the sad truth. 
And that's the only way you can start, is to accept the whole lot of it. And it's, it is depressing initially, but you have to get over it too. It's actually enlightening too. But, and eventually, once you understand that part of it, you can kind of thrive personally, uh, mentally, at least, maybe not monetarily, unless you start exploiting the system, but you can certainly understand how it works. And that's a big, big thing. Very few folk will break through onto that high level. Most get stuck on what's happening today. Oh, look what they're doing. Oh, it's not terrible, etc. When you've read their, 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 their whole uh, system and the, their prognosis for the future, you'll understand that you're, you're never shocked by anything that, that turns up or is promoted through the media because you're expecting it. You expect it all. And most folk, unfortunately, will, will, will go down with the system because they don't understand it. They're dependent on the system. They have given you a, a system for a long time now where you're totally dependent upon it. Look at the cities. They're dependent on grocery stores, water coming in from outside sources. Uh, the whole system of a city is artificial. Plato talks about it. He says the easiest system to take down is one that is very advanced. They call that advanced civilization. It's the easiest one to bring down. It's also the easiest one to control because you're all cooped up in cities. And the food can be used as, a, as, as blackmail, basically, and uh, uh, water too, or anything else for that matter that you need in a city, even, even energy to heat yourselves in the winter. You're dependent by the masters, the masters who own the corporations, which are international, which are feudal. And again, that's Carl Quigley. He talked about that in good detail since he was the historian for the CFR and, and gave you a real history of the world, not the schoolbook version that his own boys put out because they run the schoolbooks for you too. Now, people today, most folk today, especially the younger people, uh, are, are t- been taught for a long time in schools that the, the communist revolution in, in Russia that was taken over by the Bolsheviks, a different bunch altogether, and uh, was a great thing, a great thing where folk just rebelled for the rights. And Marxism has been taught openly for a long, long time. And today you have the big boys, elites, who run both sides of it, blending it both together. The Rees Commission in the 1950s, remember, set up by the U.S. Congress to investigate tax-free foundations and their influence and peddling, basically, and backing of communist regimes. Uh, they found out that from the Ford Foundation and Carnegie and other ones, but the Ford CEO told them, uh, and this was in the Congress, uh, in the records there, that uh, the idea was to blend the Soviet system with that of the West, seamlessly, and it has been done. People are socialized, being dependent, and they actually don't see government as a threat anymore. They obey government as an obedient kind of thing. Uh, it's not there to serve you. You've accepted that, that they've been teaching you that you're there to serve them, and you jump when they tell you to jump. You see, so it's all been done. Plus, the, the moral uh, uh, plummeting that's going down with, with morality is part of it, too, because you've been, you've been taught that life is cheap. There's so many articles every day, you can't keep up with them as they redefine human beings. Canada's doing it now. I'll put two links up tonight, one from the government, to actually def- define what a, a human being is. Is it before birth, during birth, after birth? Because they want to go into killing babies about up to the three years of age to start with. You see, everything is always to start with, you see. And we'll accept that too, because you'll say, well, it's not my child. You know? That's how folk do things. It's not mine. You know? So anyway, that's how the world really works. It's run perfectly by uh, uh, deception. 
It's all deception. Government can't give you any straight answer on anything. That's why they have the professional marketers or propagandists, public relations working for them. Every department and every government across the world has this. And the whole point is never to tell the public the truth on anything. Maybe a little bit once in a while, but definitely not at all. And not any other side of any implications of the particular topic you're talking about or questioning. So you're, you're well here. Now, here's an article here. And it says, Outrageous Pennsylvania High School Marching Band Commemorates 1917 Russian Revolution at Half Time, it says. So the high school marching band has caused outrage by commemorating the Russian Revolution in a halftime performance, brandishing red flags, military uniforms, hammers and sickles. Historians and parents of students at New Oxford High School have lambasted the choice of entertainment, which remembers an event that gave way to communism and the deaths of millions. I mean, they actually think that maybe a hundred odd million people were killed during the Soviet era. And they, they did. They, did. They, they, they went into other countries too, took them over. They had lists. And the list came from census bureaus, from governments, governments by the way, of who was, was a Christian, who was this, who was that. And they simply gave them notices to turn up at the town offices. They'd turn up. They led into a basement and shot through the back of the heads. There's even documentaries out about it now, which they kept quiet for a long, long time. It says, even though the school's colours are red, white and blue, they've adopted the theme of St. Petersburg 1917 for their halftime shows, including one last Friday, Fox News said. It was glee meets the Russian Revolution, a concerned parent told Fox they had giant hammers and sickles and were waving them around. There's no reason for Americans to celebrate the Russian Revolution. I'm sure the millions who died under communism would not see the joy of celebrating the Russian Revolution by a school ten miles from Gettysburg. And then Paul Kenger, the executive director for the Center for Vision and Values at Pennsylvania's Grove City College, added that he originally thought the performance was a joke. He says, this is surreal, he said. The Bolshevik Revolution launched a global communist revolution that from 1917 through the 1990s was responsible for the deaths of over 100 million people. What the Russian Revolution unleashed was a nightmare, a historical human catastrophe. This is something that should be condemned and not in any way commemorated or, law, or, or laughed at, he says. So, and most people accept it quite calmly in America now and elsewhere because they've had so much indoctrination. And, and they don't live in reality anyway, most of the people today. I'm always very suspicious when media says outrage. I mean, how many are really outraged about anything? Have you noticed that about anything at all? But uh, it's all here. It's all in our faces today. And don't forget, too, the same boys who who financed, the same bankers who lived in the U.S. and in London, who financed the whole revolution. I mean, a lot of the guys who came in for the Bolsheviks to take over the Soviet Union were trained inside the U.S. And that's all historical record now, too. And the same boys are running the country today. Not just the U.S., every other country as well. Because they, they were the big banking boys. Same banking boys that, that started up the Royal Institute for International Affairs that has the Council on Foreign Relations as well. It's one of its sects. And they had that across the planet. So don't think that one is better than the other. You see, the other one will simply kill you slowly through poisons and things. Or injections, which was all discussed a long, long time ago. Remember Charles Galton Darwin and Lord Bertrand Russell both said they'd use injections on the public to make them stupid and even kill them. 
if necessary. They're way up there, these folk. They don't prattle off like some some strange lunatic. No, these guys are esteemed people in their own areas and in high levels of government because they gave you the system you're living in today. They helped design it. A documentary I'll put up tonight too is called An Inconvenient Tooth. Fluoride documentary, and it has some professors talking about the reality of fluoride. Again, a poison which can kill you, breaks your bones, makes them brittle, destroys your teeth too. And if you're in countries like Sweden that doesn't use it, uh, they, they have better teeth than, than, than people who are using it. And countries like that prove this. Now, the music's coming in, so I'll be back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix and people, we get our childish history books, they're written for children and they're always lies because every country always tells you how great they are and they always tell you about the wars they've been involved in, they're always just wars, you know, very just, you see, and you've got to believe that. So propaganda has always been used to get to lie to their own people, not, they don't care about the enemy, the enemy knows better, but um, they always lie to their own people to get you on board and behind a war, doesn't matter what war it is, they're all the same, and they're all wars of conquest and plunder, economic reasons and so on, uh, and, uh, and it still goes on today, but most folk will hear what I say and really not believe it, because you can't believe that, especially if you've been through it and you've been in the military, you'll, you'll, you'll say, oh no, I was in so-and-so, because and you've had the basic propaganda, and it's been really uh, superimposed in your psyche by the propaganda inside the military. And even yourself, you'd have to say, if, if this is all wrong and the wrong thing to do, you'd have to reevaluate yourself and what you've done in such wars, you see. But... As I say, the first thing, the rule of war, is you must lie to your own people. The first casualty is truth, you see, to get you on board. Every war must be appear as a just war. And I've gone on before about the the neoconservatives. It doesn't matter because the same guys run both sides. You see, liberals and and conservatives and neocons, it's the same guys. And we know that the neocons that put Bush in, also a lot of them were were completely pro-Israel, for instance, and some of them even had double uh, citizenship, dual citizenship, and same today, it's been one after another of, of different houses in government. But you understand, we're run by these big, they call them think tanks and institutes, private organizations, foundations, they run the world, and they're all connected, and they'll have a special area of agitation or change, whatever they're up to heavily funded, and they generally situate themselves right next to the government's uh, capital, wherever you happen to be. Patrick Clausen of the influential neoconservative Washington Institute for Near East Studies, that's what it's called, Washington uh, Institute for Near East Studies, openly suggests that the U.S. should provoke Iran into taking the first shot and he's an Israeli lobbyist as well. So you'll hear him saying it with his own mouth for those who can't really get it. And even then you won't believe it. 
But he does say some interesting things too, because he gives you clues, you see, uh, that this power elite have been behind other wars before this. And he goes through some of the situations how even Lincoln uh, uh, provoked the South into taking the first shot. They had to react Sumter, Fort Sumter because of an order that he had given to his own generals to get the first. So you always make the enemy appear the bad guy beginning them to make the first shot. And that gives you the excuse to invade, you see. And other wars, too, he mentions, because that's what these big think tanks do. They've been here for an awful long time, you know, centuries, some of them. So I'll put this link up tonight. You can hear it from the guy's own lips as he goes through all the tricks they could use to get around to fire their first shots so they can go and invade them. And this is nothing new to me, but to some people it might be. And even then, a lot of folk will watch it and they're still going to disbelief. I know he said it, but he doesn't really mean it. That's how folk think, you see. That's how these guys can get away with it. And it's sad that. It's awfully, awfully sad. Now, <laughs> I mentioned the other day about the ATOS scandal in, in, in places like Scotland. And how literally this private organization were taking over the uh, the pensions and disability um, money for other people. And they were told to get them ruled all as fit. They're even putting people back to work who were diagnosed with chronic terminal cancer. You see? And stuff like that. But uh, it says public fury is growing towards the French IT firm for their role in helping the condemn government slash benefits. This is for Britain, the condemn, they call it. See, it doesn't matter, conservatives, Democrats, they're all in it together, folks, if you can't get it through your heads. They're all put in power by one group, have been for a long time. And it says, Ian Duncan Smith, the Secretary of State for Working Pensions, uh, says this, more than half the people stripped of disability benefits are being ruled fit for work by ATOS were left unemployed and without income, according to the government study. The Department for Working Pensions, who hired the French IT firm to help them slash benefits bill. Why would you hire private corporations that are out for profit and maximizing the profit to, to look after the people, supposedly? It's impossible. Everything they slash is to go into their pocket, you see, for profit. We all know this. It's the same with oh, privatized. The water is going to be cheaper. We privatized electricity. It's going to be cheaper. And they lie through their teeth and then you end up paying four, five, ten times as much as you did before. Only 15% of the people who had their money slashed were in jobs and 30% on other benefits. And it says here, but the extent of the hardships suffered by ATOS victims in the study will only add to the growing public fury about the firm and their methods. You think, you think we've really advanced since the days of Charles Dickens? You've fallen for all the propaganda? And now they say, oh, you don't need unions now. Oh no, you don't need any of these things. Oh no, because we've evolved since then. We're a decent, caring people now. Ugh. Humanity's never changed for thousands of years. Russia says uh, uh, ATOS have assessed patients with terminal illnesses as fit for work, and thousands of victims of genuine chronic conditions have complained of being humiliated by the company's tests. This is democracy, folks. This is what they call democracy. And of course, this massive takeover of the world by the bankers that set up this system called the Royal Institute for International Affairs, which published its findings and its agendas, is rolling on and austerity and get us all poor as they trash the world. We'll talk about that when I come back from this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the real reality of this big system we're living in. And you have no idea the amount of, of specialized companies and organizations that are employed 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, all across the world, to make sure they contain your thoughts in the direction you're supposed to be, to be ruled properly. And um, and again, all the specialists are involved, all behaviorists and, and neuroscientists and, and all the rest of it are heavily involved in, in studying us, studying us, studying us. And now they have the internet too. And they can, they can keep constant check in real time of what we're chatting about and what we're thinking and so on. It's fantastic now for them. It's so easy. But we're being guided towards massive calamity. Of course, many years ago when they talked about creating the European Union, it was just going to be basically not a union at all at that time. It was just a free trade zone. And uh, that actually talked about bringing in eventually into uh, a, a different kind of, of commercial society where service economy would take over, where you would just pass buns around. You'd meet somebody would bake them and you'd sell them and stuff like that. And you would import uh, most of the stuff that you would need and you'd produce nothing for export. And literally they said, by doing this, we can compete with countries down the road that will be financed. Because they knew they were going to finance China up into where they are, even before they, tr- they signed the World Trade Organization. Uh, treaty, the GATT treaty, and and eventually you could compete with China. Now, who's kidding who? We pay more in taxes in a day than than Chinese earn in a month, basically, just to keep ourselves alive here. So it's a complete farce. And the thinking person obviously said, we're going to have a hell of a existence here, a hell of an existence in utter, utter poverty. And bingo, down the road, they had their bank crashes when it was time to, to do it. They lost nothing. In fact, they gained a lot because the taxpayers all had to bail them out and give them all, all that extra cash. They also had all the houses left, too, that they crashed, and they're still selling them off today. I mean, they, they didn't lose a damn thing. They profited from it. But we're supposed to end up doing what the Spanish are now doing. So the Spanish authorities are locking up trash cans to stop folk from foraging from, for food, you see. And it says, here's how bad the economic crisis has gotten in Spain, according to New York Times. So pervasive is the problem scavenging that one Spanish city has resorted to installing locks on supermarket trash bins as a public health precaution. Why would they do that if the stuff's getting tossed out, for goodness sake? It says, the need to ask for help is deeply embarrassing. It says, some families go to food banks in neighboring towns so their friends and acquaintances won't, won't see them. When Catholic Charter reported in 2011, it had more than double the number of citizens it had assisted in 2007. And a massive protest is planned for today to protest the government's austerity measures. We're run by bankers, you see. See, the bankers were the boys who set up and own the Royal Institute for International Affairs, and Council on Foreign Relations, it selects all your presidents and prime ministers, and they've done this for a 100 years. They own your governments, for those who haven't quite got it yet. You see, this was the plan. And it's done. Perfectly done. And now the banks are, 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 are dictating, they even putting their bankers in as prime ministers now from the central banking systems in the EU. And most folk accept it, you see. The problem is, you see, you don't know what else to do. The whole reality you've been given is a fake reality, but it's only one you've been given. What do you do inside the constraints of this fake reality? 
And you've been domesticated as well, so you can't think freely of how to even survive. Never mind to complain. Mind you, they also said, well, 60, 70 years ago, they'd bring in pharmacology and treat the people as we went through this phase. And that's what you've got today. You've got one in, one in seven, I think, in Scotland now is on antidepressants. Same across a good part of Europe with massive unemployment. So that's the answer to it all. Well, you drug them and then they won't be so, so unhappy, you see. And it's been done. Now, I'm going to put up a link tonight too. One of many ones, and, and again, it's written in that tongue-in-cheek sort of way that when the big boys, the experts that help manage the planet, you see, uh, know that they're going to publish it for the public to see. So they can't tell you what they're doing. They can hint at things. It's like the climate change and the geoengineering through stratospheric aerosol injection, for instance. I'll put this PDF up tonight by Mike Hume, who's from the University of East Anglia, the ones who fudged all the statistics and stuff about global warming. But they go in through this, and you know darn well they're doing it, because we've been watching them spray in the sky since 98 without stop. And they know, too, the high levels of governments, the, the, the toll it's taking on the public, because heavy these metals get into your bloodstream, you breathe them in, uh, people have got skyrocketing bronchitis and constant reinfections, uh, and it's killing folk off, obviously. And they can't tell you this, because what would you, if, if you realize what they're doing deliberately to you, what would you do about it? When people have declared a total war, and even with the statistics of many will die, young and old, and so on, and those with breathing problems and asthmas and so on, what would you do about it? Isn't it kind of beyond negotiation time when, when they've already done it to you? Think about that. Think about that. Because that is war, you see. War has been declared upon you. So this, 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 this jerk here, Mike Hume, goes through his his uh, prattle about uh, if we were doing this and so on. And, and he mentions the moral problems that it, it could have. Meaning basically what I've just said to you. That's their moral problems. He doesn't mention we're going to kill folk off, but you know what's going to happen. Interesting too, aluminum oxide also ends up in the brain and causes Alzheimer's. And they know that too. And I've just read an article today where Australia is talking about increasing massively up until the year 2050, Alzheimer's. Well, why would that happen? Just just like that by itself. Why would it? Well, getting sprayed too, you see. You got to tie things together, folks. And this guy goes to say through his tongue-in-cheek things and, and the moral implications, but he doesn't tell you what the moral implications of discussed happen to be because it's for the experts, not for you, people at the bottom, you see. And ethical debates about it, he says. But he doesn't, again, tell you what, they've been, what ethics they've been debating. But it's, it's an interesting one. And uh, they also mentioned, too, of course, not just in this one, but in other ones, how they'd have massive uh, and sometimes catastrophic effects on, on the weather by this geoengineering. Massive catastrophic effects of weather, which we're getting used to now with the massive storms that come after the spraying, etc., you see. Here's an article here, for instance, here's a good article. I just thought of it uh, because uh, I remember mentioning a few years ago on the radio that I, it was about September, October, when it was getting cool, and I was watching the spraying in the skies, as I had been for a few years, and um, right above me next to the house here, and big clumps of this candy 
cane stuff, like candy floss, they call it in Britain, came down, white stuff, big clumps about the size of the house, and draped themselves on trees. And some people have got samples of this. They used to have videos up about it too. But I, I watched this stuff, and then when the sun came out for a little while, eventually kind of melted away and, and um, left a white powder around the ground. So it, 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 what they hadn't done then was change into their winter spraying stuff. They actually have winter and summer spray uh, types, you see. So when they were still using the summer and it got cold, the stuff comes down in a solid clump. Massive clump too. And other folk have been reported it, and, and it doesn't matter how much we report it or how many photographs you take, it doesn't matter because it's the agenda, you understand. And they're always going to poo-poo you and say you're crazy. Even when they publish their own documentaries about it, saying they're going to have to do it. Not that they are doing it. But it says, strange white foam covers a Scottish village. It's a little video here, i put this up tonight. And it says, um, foam whipped in from the North Sea covering the seafront area of Aberdeen in a layer of white on Sunday. It's like shaving foam. The phenomenon reminiscent of a blanket of snow, and it says, was caused by a high volume of wave activity mixing together water, air, and organic material. I wonder what organic material that is. A marine ecologist told the BBC, knew which marine ecologist? So all you need to get told now is an expert says, and, and you believe it. Now, I've been up in these, these countries when they even had hurricanes in these areas, and I never, ever saw this stuff coming off the water. Never saw it. But suddenly it's here, and ah, it's just, you know, it's organic material. You see this stuff, it's all over the place, like like the, the, they just soaked the whole town in shaping form. It says, buildings, cars, and houses in the Foot D area of the Scottish city were coated in the substance. Heavy rain and winds of up to 70 miles an hour caused travel disruption in Scotland Tuesday with fallen trees, etc., etc. Remember what it, just, what it just said for those who can retain something from the geoengineering thing, where they talk about catastrophic uh, weather events would be, would be likely because of this geoengineering. Yeah. And you think it's all normal. It's all your fault. They're training you now that it's all your fault that's happening because of global warming. <laughs> uh, dearie. And you wonder why they loathe the, the ordinary people who fall for all the stuff they tell them to believe. But I'll put this link up tonight, as I say. And another article, too, has got photographs of it rather than the video. And UK weather, foam engulfs Aberdeen villages, floods sweep across. And I'll put that up as well. And it's just one of these things, you know, it's a normal occurrence. and Everything becomes normal, like noctilucent clouds are now normal and stuff like that. And also this article is about... Um, What's happening, again, the torrential rains that they're causing across certain parts of the world. You can actually tell by the types of spray they're using now, if you've been watching it since 98, you can tell which ones are going to cause massive rain and so on, like up here where I live. And you also get in the summer the kind of ones that look like looking through a vapor barrier, plastic vapor barrier, the milky stuff that turns white. I read that article even from one of the articles last week that said that they turn the sky whitish rather than blue. And that's the summer ones that they use. Anyway, a second day of torrential rain drenched much of the country today, forcing hundreds of people to flee their homes while road and rail services severely disrupted, leaving passengers and motorists stranded. Since Scotland, the extreme conditions caused the fishing village of Foot Dean Aberdeen to be engulfed with foam created by the action of wind and sand. Uh, elsewhere, heavy winds damaged trees and saw waves spectacularly pound the sea walls. The Environment Agency reported 83 flood warnings and issued a further 146 alerts. It's normal, you see. Most were in the northeast part of which are still recovering from flash flooding in the summer, and where today dozens of people had to be rescued from their homes. 
But at the same, remember again, you know, come back to, it could cause catastrophic happening. But it's essential for the greater good of the planet, you understand. You'll get used to it. You're probably already used to it already. Most of you will probably actually believe, your parents will believe anyway, that it's all to do with global warming. That's what's causing these, this weird weather. Nothing to do with, with the, the aircraft and of course spraying and spraying it day and night. And also this article here is a, is a piece to do with the Manhattan Project spin-off organization. I mentioned it's touched on it last night, but I've never read it. Referred to here as the Manhattan Rochester Coalition, an obscure aerosol study in St. Louis, Missouri, conducted under contracts by the U.S. military from 1953 to 1954 and 63 to 1965. And it was to do with radiation being sprayed over populations in the States. I'll put this up again tonight for those who can handle it so that you can go and vote for, you know, your governments. And... People have emailed me over the years, and I've wondered myself, about all these crazy, stupid zombie movies that come out. And what changed with the zombie movies is that everybody who becomes a zombie through an infection or whatever ends up attacking the normal people. That's generally the, the simple plot. In it. And they've been churning out these crazy, crazy movies at one after another. And all the, the good guys, like the ones who still with their brains, they're the good guys, meaning the elite, of course, have, have got... got Armaments galore, and he just gun these zombies down that keep coming. You know, the general masses, that's what that represents. But this is from a, a, a military times. The military times, no kidding. It says, forget the H1N1 pandemic. Could a future crisis arise from an outbreak of viruses that destroy brain cells and render people violently catatonic like zombies? The far-fetched scenario of a government grappling a zombie-like threat, it says, think movies like Night of the Living Dead or more comically, Zombieland, has captured the attention and imagination of Brad Barker, president of the security firm Halo Corporation. Next month, his outfit will incorporate, no kidding, zombies into a disaster crisis scenario at the company's annual counter-terrorism summit in San Diego, a five-day event providing hands-on training, realistic demonstrations, lectures and classes geared to more than 1,000 military personnel, law enforcement officials, medical experts and state and federal government workers. Zombie apocalypse, apocalypse worthwhile uh, exercise or waste of time, it says. And it says, Halo will take over the 44-acre Paradise Point Resort in the city's popular Mission Bay and create a series of terrorist scenarios with immersive Hollywood sets, including a Middle Eastern village and a pirate's haven. Retired Air Force General Michael Hayden, a former CIA and National Security Agent uh, Director, and Mexico Interior Secretary Alejandro Poirier Bromero will speak during the summit, which runs October 30th to November the 2nd. Barker calls the scenario zombie apocalypse. The phrase took off last year at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention unveiled a campaign, a campaign aimed at underscoring the importance of being prepared for major emergencies, natural disasters, and pandemics. Think mad cow disease, folks. Remember what mad cow disease? You understand the military-industrial complex have got so many diseases there for, for anything that they want to happen. Uh, they, they could let this loose on the general public. There's even folk asking about this new coronavirus that's come out. It's only hitting people from the Middle East. It's related to SARS. The initial SARS one, even the Chinese government says that, that, that they believe the Western powers are created to kill off the, the Chinese peoples because it was only attacking them. This one's aimed, it's Gene Pacific, it's aimed at people uh, from the Middle East. They've got all lovely kinds of things in, in, in their banks, you see, to, to use on the public for any emergency. 
In the CDC's Preparedness 101 program, fictional zombies are used to drive home the message that Americans must be ready for any emergency, even the kind that hypothetically could stem from a brain-eating virus pandemic. Zombies also star in a 40-page comic book uh, the CDC published, a tongue-in-cheek tale on the serious scenario of mutated viruses that quickly spreads as the government dispatches its military to maintain order while infectious disease specialists cover for a vaccine. It's a comic book, but put out by the CDC. The Centre for Disease Control. Yep, well, there you go. And this article, too, is to do with voices. Voices. Uh, not only are they taking photographs every time you use computers now and, and, and cell phones and everything else, uh, they have, of course, they've had for years your voice prints as well. You, you, you're, there is no privacy in this day and age whatsoever. You just have to accept that. It says the U.S. government has already proven its intent to see all evil with the use of Orwellian programs like Trapwire. But it now can hear all evil too, as law enforcement agencies implement a tool able to store, analyze, and identify voices in seconds. Now, they've had that at the top levels of agencies for about 60 years. But now they're getting it right down to local police. They can now listen into your calls too as well. They're all getting into the game, you see. Voice coordination is a system that uses advanced algorithms to match identities to voice brought to the U.S. by Russia's Speech Technology Center. Claims to be capable of allowing police, federal agencies, and other law enforcement personnel to build up a huge database containing up to several million voices. When authorities intercept a call, they've deemed hinky. They call it hinky. I don't know why. The recording is entered into the voice grid program which buzzes and whirls and spits out a match. In five seconds, the program can scan through 10,000 voices. It only needs three seconds for speech analysis. All that combined with 100 simultaneous searches and the storage capacity of 2 million samples. Gives SpeechPro a 99% success rate. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and I'll put up tonight too the link to the Canadian government. Uh, it's a bill, it's a, it's a paper actually called paper number 153 to decide what a human being is. It says, it says in this article one from the government, this actual one, what medical evidence exists to demonstrate that a child is or is not a human being before the moment of complete birth. Now, we have to define complete birth. Is the preponderance of medical evidence consistent with the declaration subsection? Understand, when you start putting life into subsections, you've got a big problem, you see. Uh, it says, subsection 223, uh, one, that a child is only a human being at the moment of complete birth. And number three, what are the legal impacts and consequences of subsection 223? It's all legal impacts. You understand we're under a very ancient system, judicial system that redefines everything according to that particular particular religion. And so the fundamental human rights of a child before the moment of complete birth. What are the options available to Parliament in the exercise of its legislative authority in accordance with the Constitution and decisions of the Supreme Court to affirm, amend, or replace subsection 223? And, of course, complete birth, too, did they mean also with when the afterbirth comes out, and et cetera, et cetera, or, you know, or, uh, the umbilical cord is coming, you know, and they're gonna, they'll go on from there into, well, when do you become a person? So that's the next step as well. When do you become a person? It's already been discussed. It's up to the age of three. So they can kill you up to the age of three. That's where they want to go. You've had top professors come out and say this. 
And that does come from another religion, by the way. And they're pushing for it. Because you see, we're, life is cheap now. You understand that they're training us all that life is cheap. If you haven't got the message yet, the, the whole human dignity stuff is in the trash can, you see. There's no human dignity anymore. Life is cheap and everything is economics and cost, you see. Cost of treating people, cost of this, cost of that. If you look into the, the bill that was put through for the, for the, the so-called health care and national health care in the U.S., they've got the same as, it's the same as Britain because the Rand Corporation did it all, all the surveys, and they came up to copy the British idea that over a certain age they won't bother treating you for cancer. They won't operate in your anything. They'll just you know, give you a few pills to your dead. It's all copied off over the British system. It's worldwide, this system, you see. And you still think you have nations because you have to go off and fight, you see, for the boys who own your countries, the corporations. In Canada, too, there's a Milk and Our Children's Future Symposium, it's called, uh, in October 1920. Raw Milk is about uh, in the Delta Hotel, Vancouver, B.C., Canada, October 19th to 20. And anybody who's interested who's out that way can go there. And it says on the Coattails of the right to appeal the case for raw milk. Cowshare Canada presents the fourth international raw milk symposium sponsored in part by the Western A. Price Foundation. So anybody who's in that area can maybe go to it and see what they're, what they hope to get out of it and so on because it's being reviewed in Canada. But the big corporations won't allow it, you see. Apart from that, it's too healthy. They don't want you healthy. When you've got a healthy body, you've got a healthy mind. It's no, the ancient Egyptians knew this stuff. How we dumb down the people and make them subservient and a bit dumb and stupid. So you'd, you'd manage them easier. You did it by nutrition and depriving them of certain nutritions. Nothing's changed, folks. Nothing's changed in thousands of years. As I said earlier, oh, we're so much more evolved now. You don't need unions and so on. Don't stand up for yourself. Your governments are caring. They're caring people. All these corporate CEOs that go into politics are caring. Nothing's changed, folks, in the commercial system. From Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>